0: Because I believe every one of us has greatness inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that greatness comes out when we are given the opportunity to truly expand and be who we truly
1: are. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm your other co-host, Jordan. And welcome to episode four of the Scholar Spotlight podcast. In addition to highlighting our scholars each month, we aim to interview at least one influential leader doing some amazing work in their career to speak about their experience and offer some advice to our DCS scholars. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with Eric Hutcherson, Chief People and Inclusion Officer for Universal Music Group. Eric talks about his decision to leave the NBA after six years the imposter syndrome, and asking yourself, who deserves to have my greatness? It was an awesome conversation with someone who has become family to me. I hope you enjoy, and most importantly, are able to apply some of the wisdom Eric and parts to your own life. As always, remember to like us on social media at Delaware College Scholars, share, and subscribe to the Scholar Spotlight Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's get to it. All right, hey, Eric, how you doing? Very
0: good, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to do this. It means a lot, so
0: thank you. Absolutely, my pleasure.
1: Um, so let's get right into it, first question. So you were Chief Executive of Human Resources for six years at the NBA, and I would imagine that it was comfortable to be able to attend every and any NBA game you want. And to any basketball fan, that sounds like the dream. Why leave?
0: well so yes i was the chief hr officer of the nba it was a dream because as a basketball player you can imagine working for the world's greatest sports league meaning the nba and being the principal person for all of our people issues was a dream come true but above the prestige of working for the nba is the impact that i can have in any role that i play Mm. and I felt strongly that while the MBA was an amazing opportunity for me for the six years that I did it, there were other things that I could do that would also be impactful and and have an impact on the world. And given all that's going on right now in society, with social issues, with social unrest, and quite frankly, the plight of black people moving to music was an opportunity for me to really be able to step up and take even a bigger um, um, platform Mm. of change the world. So most people love sports. Lots of people love basketball. Everyone listens to music. (laughs) And as far as I'm concerned, you know, music is universal. So why not go to Universal Music?
1: It's a great answer. And that goes well with the next question I was gonna ask. So you've been at Universal Music Group for two months and they announced you as Chief People and Inclusion Officer. Mm-hmm. How did you feel prior to taking the job and now having got the chance to get your feet wet? Is it more excitement, relief? you a bit anxious? Kind of walk me through that.
0: It's a little bit of both. You know, um, anytime you start something new there's a built-in excitement about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's the idea that I get a fresh start. I get to explore something that I haven't seen before. I get the opportunity to get my feet wet in something new, um, and you never know what that's going to result in, right? I've never tried to script where I go or what I do. Mm-hmm. I I sort of I sort of let a letting it take its course, I guess, and because I consider myself to be prepared for whatever opportunity comes, I, I'm, I'm ready to catch whatever opportunities come my way when they do. So, you know, I'm now a little bit more than a month in. I'm still really excited about it. It's, uh, it's probably even more than I expected because it's dynamic, it's fun, it's exciting. Um, but it's also some big challenges, right? The music world right now is trying to get people to stand up and notice some of the unrest that's happening around the world. And I'm really excited to be involved in that. Um, our artists are brands in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to think about all the things that our artists do and how they shape culture, how they shape society, how they shape the, the, uh, the impressions of young people. It's really It's really awesome to be part of that. And I'm coming into an organization right now that's thirsty for what I do. Mm. And so I'm 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 looking forward to being able to put my own handprint on some of the work.
1: Kind of delving a little bit deeper into some of your professional experiences. And I've heard a lot of people talk about the imposter syndrome, and it seems like breaking through that is a universal skill set, especially as a person of color in a senior leadership position, and in predominantly white spaces. Have you experienced this feeling of not belonging?
0: Yeah, you know, look, from the time that I was a young boy until now, my birthday is Sunday. So until now turning 52, those 52 years have been a journey of discovery, personal challenge, learning who I am as an individual, finding my voice, Mm -hmm. recognizing that different circumstances require different people to show up. Mm. And at an early age, you start to discover that posing as one when inside you might be another or having to flex yourself to make others feel comfortable hmm. or having to change your personality that comes naturally because it might be off-putting to others became almost like just everyday life. Hmm. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you're black in mostly white spaces, you also have to realize that in many instances, your natural self is scary to other people. Mm. I'm six foot three, a relatively big guy. I've got a big personality. Uh, I'm intense and passionate about what I do. <laughs> and I've been in many a meeting where that literally scares people. Yeah, I'm articulate. I'm educated. I'm capable. I'm experienced. That scares people even more. And so when you put those two things together, big, giant, high personality, high intensity Black guy with skills and capabilities behind it you can make people really nervous. And so in many instances, I find myself in meetings having to cut back what comes naturally for fear that other people might be scared of me or... Having to soften my point of view so that people don't think I'm getting mad at them or, wow. you know, taking a back seat in places where otherwise I've got a point of view because I want to let other people step forward so they're not intimidated by me or, quite frankly, sometimes I adopted a, a methodology. I adopted a point of view that said think five things and say one. Mm-hmm. Mm basically because it was easier than always offering your point of view might be better sometimes just to hold it back and say it behind the scenes when you don't intimidate and scare people
1: that's really interesting and i can definitely relate to that i'm wondering though how do you balance between being your authentic self then in those moments like because you talked about in terms of kind of having to make those judgment calls sometimes just in the moment when you walk into the room and you may be intimidating, like how you still be, how are you still Eric? You know, Do you feel like you're still Eric.
0: Yeah, well, look, so I have the advantage now of 30 years of business experience. So to some degree, I don't care what people think it yeah. anymore um when you're early in your career maybe you can't quite do that just yet
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um but i've learned to adjust right so first of all i don't think anybody is fully made at 22. i'm just not sure i'm fully made at 52. so i'm constantly adjusting myself for the for the situation and you know what there's there's a maturity about that right Mm -hmm. i used to get mad and be like why do i have to be different why can't they adjust to me why do i have to change right i I should be able to be my fully authentic self all the time and and that's true but also an immature response the reality is everybody has to flex a little bit for the circumstances they're in it's called awareness situational Mm -hmm. awareness
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. everybody has to be willing to give a little bit of themselves for the greater whole. It's called collaboration and camaraderie and teamwork. Everybody has to take a step back sometimes and be in the background instead of always being in the front. It's just about being aware and being a teammate and being part of a a greater whole. So there's a side of me that, yeah, like, I want to be my authentic self and that means that i'm not going to suppress my point of view or suppress my ideas or not be a big personality or not be fun of course and you shouldn't either right Mm -hmm. because when you get to a certain point where you have to suppress yourself to such a degree that you're not you don't even recognize who you are then you've gone too far Mm -hmm. but do you need to flex your style a little for the audience or do you I mean, unless you're the boss of all bosses in every circumstance, yeah, you need to flex. Because right. in reality, I got a boss and my boss has wants things a certain way. So guess what? I'm going to do it his way
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or
0: else I'm going to do it somewhere else. And <laughs> right. so, you know, you do have to accept that I've got a coach, I've got a boss, I've got a parent, I've got a spouse, I've got a friend. So everybody has to adjust to some degree to other people. What I'm suggesting is don't lose your authentic self in that.
1: Mm.
0: be flexible be able to adjust but don't lose your identity mm. and mm. I don't think one has to create the other and I think that's a maturity response that you can be flexible and you can adjust but not have to lose your identity
1: and you gain that through experience yeah yeah,
0: yeah. through experience through coaching and teaching, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to make all the mistakes. I can tell you that certain things are mistakes. And if you listen to me, you probably won't make those. Mistakes. Right, right. But some happen from learning, some things happen from coaching, and some things happen from experience. And you need all three of those things in order to fully be grown.
1: Got it. Hmm. I've had the pleasure to hear you speak at conferences and you tell the audience um, that employees should ask themselves who deserves to have my greatness. Tell me what you mean by that. And then the follow-up. So why does Universal Music Group deserve your
0: greatness? Yeah, thank you. So yes, you and I have been on the road together. Yeah. And and I have spoken at a couple of places that you've been able to see me. And and I do say not everybody deserves to have your greatness because I believe every one of us has greatness inside of us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I believe that greatness comes out when we are given the opportunity to truly expand and be who we truly are. So I ask people to answer four questions that tells you whether or not someone deserves to have your greatness. Am I proud of the company I work for? Am I proud of the people I work with? Am I proud of the work that I get to do? Am I pleased with the value that I give and get? You know, if you think about those four questions, am I proud of the company I work for? You got to be proud to have that name on your shirt because you're going to have that name on your shirt, (laughs) you better be proud of it. Who wants to walk around and go, I work at XYZ company, but I don't want anybody to know and I'm ashamed of it and I want it to be quiet, right? Like what school you go to, what company you work for, what team you're on, whatever it is, you want to be proud to say that's who I'm with. Second, You want to say, I'm proud of the people I work with. These people are going to be my people. These are going to be people that I circulate with. These are people that I consider to be my teammates. Mm -hmm. So you want to know that you're proud of who they are. You're proud of what kind of people they are. You're proud of the affiliation. I'm proud of the work that I get to do. Everybody should come to work or do whatever they're doing with some higher order reason, some higher order purpose beyond just getting a paycheck. Anybody can go to work and just get a paycheck but are you doing something for a greater good? Are you doing something to have an impact? Are you doing something for some higher order reason other than just money and prestige and name? Cause that gets old really fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, am I pleased with the value that I give and get? Am I getting value from this? Is somebody, am I, am I better for it? Am I making someone else better for it? Do they care about me? Are these people that I care about? Like you wanna be able to do what you do and spend all this time in a place that you think is fulfilling and joyful not just in a place that's monetarily successful because it gets old really fast so those are the four questions that i ask people to answer so i came to universal because i think it's one of the most prestigious and amazing companies in the world i think the people here are some of the smartest most capable creative people i've ever encountered the work that i'm getting an opportunity to do is changing the world i said this was my 9 11 moment with all the George Floyd and all the Breonna Taylor and everything stuff started happening. And I was like, you know what? I need a bigger platform because while the NBA is great, there's a bigger platform out there for people to be able to see the social change has to happen and that I want to be part of that. Wow. So I decided to go here because this is work that I believe I get to do that can really make a difference. And then I believe that they value me. And as it stands so far, I'm showing value, I'm getting value, and I'm excited about it. So. They deserve to have my greatness right now because they're living up to all four of those things. If the answer to the question was ever no, I'd have to rethink it.
1: Mm. So a lot of our scholars are currently starting the college process. Do you think this same notion of who deserves my greatness applies when selecting a college?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Because when you're thinking about what school you want to go to, you want to decide, like, is this a school that I'm proud to say I attend? Mm. Are these classmates that are gonna be my classmates people that I think I'm gonna learn from? Are these professors people that I feel are gonna be helpful to me, make me a better person? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna be able to do something more than just go to class and get a degree? Am I gonna be part of clubs? Am I gonna be part of a society? Am I gonna be part of a culture? You know, think about you at Wesley, right? You joined a prestigious university, so every time you have that Wesleyan sweatshirt on, people go, wow, Wesley, mm-hmm. right? The people that are around you, you get an opportunity to interact with some of the smartest, most capable people. The alumni is incredible the work that you did on that campus and all the volunteering that you did and all the society stuff that you did and all the contributions you made to the local Middletown community. And at the time, we were talking about whether or not players should kneel. And I remember you being out there talking to the local community about please come support Wesleyan. Even though we believe in social justice, we're going to lock arms. We're not going to kneel. And we're going to show respect for the flag. And we're going to be basketball players because we're part of your community. I remember those conversations. And the value that you gave to Wesleyan and the value that Wesleyan gave back to you is gonna be lifelong. So it's just as much for a university as it is for a company. And now you have to go have that conversation again about where you go work. You have to have that conversation <laughs> about where you go do your PhD. You're gonna to have to have that conversation about who you marry. You're gonna to have to have that conversation about what you do in your career. Wow. Every single day you're gonna ask, does someone deserve to have me? And if the answer is no, then I'm gonna pick up my toys and go somewhere else.
1: Wow. Transitioning, um, still kind of similar notion. What's one piece of advice you would give our students as they either prepare themselves to start this new chapter of their lives or to our students currently navigating the college sphere in the midst of a pandemic coupled with political and racial unrest?
0: Take the challenges of today as a silver lining. Um, first of all, everybody who goes to college right now, everybody who joins a new company right now has a unique story to tell that nobody else will ever be able to tell because it's the first time in history that something like this has happened. We've got racial crisis, we've got financial crisis, we've got political crisis, we've got economic crisis all happening at the same time. This generation is having to navigate work and life during that time that's very difficult, but one that... A lot of people are going to be able to tell a a pretty impressive story about you'll be able to speak to resilience you'll be able to speak to accomplishment you'll be able to speak to flexibility and versatility you'll be able to speak to intestinal fortitude and people are going to be able to speak to innovation just think about all the innovations that have happened because of covid yeah think about all the new companies think about all the new opportunities think about the growth in businesses the 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 changes that people have had to make in their businesses due to covid Mm -hmm. think about the awareness that the world has had now on the plight of black people that they otherwise were intellectually aware but maybe not emotionally aware Mm. so for someone going to college right now they've got stories to tell they've got experiences to call on they've got uh, uh accomplishments to harken back to if you can make it through this time, what can't you make it through? Right, right. If you can be successful in the midst of a COVID environment, what can't you do? If you can be successful in the midst of the plight of Black people every day worrying that they're going to die when they step out on the street, what can't you accomplish? So, Suddenly, getting a job feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Get a job. Right. Stay healthy, stay alive, stay relevant, stay employed. Like, get a job.
1: Right.
0: Get a job is easy, bro. How about stay alive? How about keep my family alive? How about stay healthy? How about be vibrant? How about be capable? How about be seen? Hmm. Teach young people how to survive in a world where just because of the color of your skin, people think that you're dangerous. Help a young kid to realize that despite that, you can still be friendly with white people, Mm. and should be, and -hmm. should embrace them. Because there were just as many people who helped in the civil rights movement that were white as there were that were black. There are just as many people who are up in arms right now about George Floyd that are white than there are that are black. And by the way, those systems and those courts and those police departments and those societies and those governments, they are run by white people. And so they're going to change because white people decide that they want them to be different. Mm. Mm. So one thing I would say to people is if you're a person of color, embrace all people around you because what you want is system change. What you want is system change. The system change comes when everybody decides the place needs to be different not just black people black people wanted the place to be different a long time ago and the place ain't different why because the system has to decide it wants to be different wow. and the system is white
1: thank you thank you uh we are at the segment of our podcast now the mad mad minute so rapid fire questions um i kind of know what you're gonna say to some of these already but um all right so look mj or lebron lebron okay that was a surprise
0: but okay greatest memory here's why okay because he's the most versatile because he can do a little bit of everything mj is my man and he's my friend right he's dope but mj was a slayer and a killer but mj can't do all the stuff that lebron did MJ just happened to be the first at a lot of stuff, so that's the reason why he's so big. But let me tell you, LeBron is no joke.
1: That was a curveball answer. Wow. Okay. All right. Greatest memory working in the NBA?
0: Uh, My dad passed away the first game of the NBA Finals. I was in Golden State. I found out because my mom called me and was like, yo, I need to tell you your dad passed away just now, and the police are still here. The response of the NBA to hurry up and get me out of there and get me to my mother in a hurry. The response of the NBA to invite me to the ring ceremony the next year with my mother because she's such a big Golden State fan. And so for my mother to be at game one of the of the next season when the Golden State Warriors got their championship rings and my mother being so proud to be in the back with all the players, with Adam, with all the executives of the NBA and be part of it. And to see the smile on her face, to know that even though my dad had passed, she got that gift, that was probably the biggest day of the NBA.
1: Wow. Life lesson from mom or dad that you still carry with you today.
0: My pops used to say, to thine own self be true. If you lie to yourself, then it's already over. Mm. So, to thine own self be true. Mm. And my mother used to say to me, well, she always writes to me, you are my sunshine. And what she means by that is that big smile that you always have on your face lights up the room and so you're my sunshine. So those two things are the two things that my mom and my pops used to always say to me. I have a tattoo on my side that says I like who I am and I like what I see. If I got nobody else, at least I got me. Mm. That's my gift to myself.
1: Wow, favorite meal. And I know that's tough, cause being with y'all, I know we all love to eat, so favorite meal, or you could do restaurant.
0: I can't, well, favorite restaurant, Patione in uh, Florence, Italy. Okay. Best Italian food I've ever had in my life, ridiculous. (laughs) Still want to go back and get back in there. I would sleep downstairs if they let me. (laughs) Uh, Favorite kind of food, you know what? You get a good, you get a good black Thanksgiving. Mm. I'm sorry. I need it. I've eaten food from all around the world, all different (laughs) kinds of stuff. I've eaten everything in the world. You get a good black Thanksgiving.
1: And it's over and you're sleeping the rest of the day. Like it's a wrap. Yeah.
0: Some turkey and some stuffing on a piece of toast the next morning. Yep. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Favorite song. I don't know if I have a favorite song. I got so many songs I like, so much music I like. Um I don't know if I can give you a favorite song, dog. Like this is too many. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. No, that's anything fun. I can sing.
0: Favorite song is anything I can sing. Yeah, if I can sing my fail off. Okay.
1: Um, all right, I don't know about that, but that's I okay. I, yo, I Eric, I've sung. heard you okay. I've I can heard sing. you sing.
0: Stop. I can sing. All right. Well, I, can... tell people I can't sing. I can sing. Okay. trying to think for y'all. Though. All right. All right. Yeah, we're not doing that.
1: Okay. Finally, and the most important question of this podcast. Yeah. All right. I've been waiting to ask this since we started. Yeah. What is it like knowing that your son and me, as your adopted son, would beat you in a one v one basketball game, even with you being in your prime? See,
0: look. <laughs> The reason the reason that you try to do this is because like I'm all out here in public, so so you think that that's gonna hold me back. So first of all, first of all, in my prime, both of y'all get dunked on. Oh, one, one screamed on, not just dunked on, screamed on, talking about you on the way up, screaming at you on the way down. That's one, two. I was a dead eye shooter before you guys oh. even knew about it. Before y'all even knew about it. And JB, don't make me go back to your eight for thirty seven game that I watched. You know, don't. Wow, you really gonna put that don't. on? Okay, all right, don't. Cause like you're trying to say that I can't beat you, man. Like you should have just said, you know what? I know you can beat me, and then I ain't gotta go there. But like, I ain't never been eight for thirty seven ever.
1: The podcast is almost over. It's our ring the bell uh, segment. And so we offer the same two questions to every guest. What's one piece of advice you would give to your 16 year old self and what's Mm -hmm. your why?
0: Okay, so 16 year old self, breathe. At 16 I was like moving too fast, not paying attention, doing everything so quick that I didn't really understand and appreciate what I was going through. And at 52, if if I could take the time to be more patient and be more thoughtful, 16 would have been a lot more successful, mm. like 52. And what's my why? My why is because, um, well, right here on my arm is a is a tattoo that says, let God decide. That's why.
1: Mm. Period. All right, well, look, thank you so much. That is it, um, Eric Hutcherson, people. Um, yeah, subscribe and like our podcast best basketball player you've ever
0: seen.